0: so hi everybody thanks for coming to my short talk please bear with me while i try to speed through this brief overview of our work um, my name is marge cuerto and i'm a phd student at the alternative learning technologies and games or all games lab at uc santa cruz today i'm going to talk about a study we ran that investigated the relationship of death and responding mechanics particularly respawn point locations to player experience. So let's jump right in. As many players know, death is ironically the way of life in most games. It's the most commonly used way to represent in-game failures. They've been studied mostly through game studies lenses, especially regarding permadeath mechanics, which has regained commercial popularity recently in games like Hades, Dark Souls, Rust, and Daisy. However, player experience in relation to different combinations of death mechanics themselves are currently under study. We became interested in exploring this area. Our previous work involved creating a taxonomy of death and rebirth components in platformers. So this graphic depicts a high level overview of it that describes the cyclical nature of death and responding in games. Starting from the top right, going, going counterclockwise, obstacles cause death conditions to be met Deaths conveyed through visual and auditory aesthetics and often causes changes to player progress. Players are then reborn into respawn point locations where they again attempt to overcome obstacles as the cycle repeats itself. So for this particular paper, we focus on the respawn point locations component of the taxonomy because this was a simpler type of setback punishment to study in-game failure. We created four versions of a platformer with simple jump and movement mechanics. One with the permadeath condition that respawned to the start of game, one that respawned to the start of level, one that respawned to the last reached checkpoint, and one that respawned to the last manually saved point. Other death and rebirth taxonomy components were standardized across the four groups to isolate the potential effects of modifying respawn locations. The death condition set was out of health, meaning the player died when losing all of their hearts. Player progress, meaning score and health, was saved only up to the last reached respawn point. Obstacles were all environmental, including two types, static and automated. The aesthetics of player death were simple. a short sound played, then a sudden cut where the player was dropped to the last reach respawn point. The short game had five levels of increasing difficulty. So we use the player experience inventory to measure both functional and psychosocial aspects of player experience. We specifically focus on following constructs most related to failure and setback punishment mastery, challenge, autonomy, curiosity, and immersion. So let's define these real quick as told by the PXI. Mastery was defined as a sense of competence and skillfulness derived from playing the game. So mastery orientation in relation to failure-related behaviors has been previously studied to understand resilience towards experiences of failure. Challenge was defined as the extent to which the challenges in the game match the player's skill level. So in the PXI, a higher rating meant an appropriate or balanced level of challenge, not a higher difficulty level. This can affect the intensity of in-game failure experiences. Autonomy was defined as a sense of freedom to play the game as desired. The concept of attribution theory explains that people tend to relate events to causes, so it's important to understand whether players felt they had control over their experience of a game, including their failures and successes. Curiosity was defined as a sense of interest the game arouses in the player, while immersion was defined as a sense of absorption experienced by the player. Those aspects can provide feedback as to whether a game can engage players enough to persist past failures. We also collected players' challenge orientation and goal orientation scores, as well as their total death counts. So the tables here summarize our hypotheses, our main one being that there would be significant differences among the four respawn Point location conditions. Regarding those conditions, the checkpoint would be the quote-unquote best condition. Checkpoints would have the highest mastery, immersion, and curiosity. The permadeath condition would be the quote-unquote worst condition. They'd have the lowest mastery, immersion, curiosity, autonomy, and challenge. Safe points would experience the highest autonomy given the freedom to save whenever. Lastly, respawn to start of level would have the highest challenge scores, assuming you provide a better balance of difficulty with the consequences. Regarding player orientation traits, challenge orientation trait scores would relate to higher mastery, immersion, and challenge, while goal orientation trait scores would relate to higher scores for all measured constructs. Lastly, higher death counts would be negatively related to all constructs. So our participants were recruited through university students and social media sites for a total of 72 participants, equally divided among the conditions. 37 identified as female, 32 as male, three as non-binary. As shown, we had a decent distribution across age groups and daily gaming frequency habits in participants. So each participant was randomly assigned to one of the four respawn conditions. They then took the pretest, collected information on demographics, player orientation traits, they were then given up to 15 minutes to play the jumpy respawn version they were assigned, and they ended it by taking the post-test player experience survey. Our results showed that our hypotheses were partially supported. Full statistics can be found in our paper, but here's a really quick overview of the stats. Looking at death counts, all measured player experience constructs were negatively correlated with higher death counts, except for one, immersion. As expected, Dying more times led to lower scores for Mastery, Appropriate Challenge, Autonomy, and Curiosity. However, our results surprisingly showed that players felt more immersed the more times they died in permadeath mode. Shifting over to differences among respawn groups, significant results were only found in Autonomy and Curiosity scores. Surprisingly, permadeath scored significantly higher than checkpoints for Curiosity and Autonomy. However, it was expected that autonomy was higher in save points than checkpoints. Lastly, looking at player traits, players with higher challenge orientation scores rated mastery higher, especially in the respawn to start of level group. On the other hand, players with higher goal orientation trait scores rated autonomy higher. There is a lot of data to parse, so what does this mean for beginning to understand the experience of failure in games? Let's break down the main takeaways for potential design implications. To afford autonomy, it appears that transparency and control is particularly important for goal oriented players. As expected, save points increase autonomy, but we found that checkpoints have the least. While we believe this requires further study, we assume that players in this condition scored autonomy lower because they couldn't control where they respond after dying. The selection of respawn locations may appear arbitrary to players. To afford mastery, minimizing stretches of persistent, unconquerable failures in the game appear to be important. Challenge-oriented players felt more mastery in a more balanced difficulty setup with respawning to the start of level. Studying this further is important because affording mastery could increase engagement for players that are prone to learn helplessness. It appears that revealing less means more when designing for curiosity. Paying careful attention to pacing the encounter of new challenges or obstacles in the game seemed to be important. Despite the greater consequences for failure, permadeath had the highest curiosity scores while checkpoints had the lowest. Our findings for affording balanced challenge were more intuitive. More deaths led to lower scores. However, as every game has different player experience goals, it's more important to note that players tend to be more accepting of difficult gameplay when they feel they have more influence to their actions, so greater difficulty could be justified by greater autonomy. It's also possible that a game's public reputation about its difficulty could affect players' perception. All of this requires further study. Lastly, as mentioned earlier, we were surprised that players in permadeath condition felt more immersed the more times they died. This indicates a support for the rising popularity of permadeath mechanics in games, where raising the stakes of player actions leads to greater engagement. Of course, there's a disclaimer that every game has different goals. So this is just the beginning of continuing the discussion around player experiences of failure or lack thereof. We hope that our paper can motivate other games researchers and designers to keep experimenting with failure design for other game genres, such as educational games, RPGs, narrative games, cooperative and competitive multiplayer modes, and various platforms. We can only improve our understanding of how to effectively tailor our game design towards our target players. I'm really excited to see future work in this topic. Please feel free to reach out to me or anyone else at the All Games Lab through the following if you're interested in any of the work we do. Thanks for listening to my talk.